Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in, to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast. Part of my mission in ensuring your pregnancy, birth and motherhood journeys are supported, positive and empowering. Are you ready? Let's get chatting. Being a mum is great, but the sleep, oh my goodness, the relentlessness of continual sleep deprivation is super tough. I'm not sure it's even something you can really prepare for or truly understand until you actually experience it yourself either, to be honest. Now this week, I'm joined by the lovely Emma Jorlin, mum of two and host of the Mum Talk podcast. Emma is very aware of the real sleep challenges that come with motherhood. So if you're a new mum tuning in today, please grab a cup of tea, put your feet up, and know that you are gonna be in great company talking about being a sleep deprived mum with us. So welcome Emma and thank you for coming on, tired and all. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It is a hot topic right now, so I'm really pleased that we can just have a chat about it, normalize it and share our experiences about it. We're not the only ones. We are not, isn't that interesting Emma? Because we're not the only ones, but when you're in it, you do feel like you're the only one. Oh my goodness, yes. That's actually sometimes why at like three o'clock, four o'clock, I'm on my Instagram and I just post. I'm awake. The fact you're awake. Is yeah. anyone else awake? <laughs> and I have this influx of direct messages being like, yes, I'm here too. I'm here too. And it may sound really silly, but actually it's just so heartwarming to think, okay, I'm not by myself. There's plenty mm. people who are outside of my household awake with their babies right now and it's tough it's really hard Mm, it's really hard are you willing to confess how much caffeine you've consumed today Emma you know what (laughs) I actually don't drink coffee do you that's why that is where you've been going wrong that's why you're struggling come on (laughs) I know I've you know hot drinks actually I went off hot drinks completely with my first pregnancy with Amandine and never really picked them up again. I was more of kind of a herbal tea drinker, but Mm. coffee just sends me over the edge. It just gives me the shakes. And then anything that I'm feeling anxious about or unnerved about, I just, it just just goes next level. Mm. So it's best for me. Coffee flavored chocolate, however, give me some of that and I'll very happily consume. (laughs) Oh, do you know what? I could could be converted by that. My (laughs) husband's like you, doesn't, doesn't drink hot drinks particularly or definitely not coffee but since we've had a little Finley he has been known to have a few cups of coffee I think it's just desperation <laughs> isn't it and survival I think um, it is oh because it, it's tough isn't it and that's that's what I think it's really important that we I know we want to talk about tonight to, well, it's tonight for us for everyone listening it's not tonight it's tonight for me and Emma because we're both sat here with baby monitors in hand praying that our babies stay asleep while we chat to you. Um, so if you hear any um, little cries in the background, that's because we are real mums um, doing it the, the real way. Absolutely. Um, but normalising sleep or lack of, I suppose, I think that's one of the, the biggest challenges, certainly one of the, the biggest challenges that I found, because when you see pictures of babies, they're always asleep and people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I slept like a baby. Mm-hmm. Babies don't bloom in sleep, so I don't when know where these babies that's... are. Where did that saying come from? Every time someone says that, I'm like, you clearly don't have a child. No, you clearly, yeah. Whoever made that up doesn't have a family, like for sure. I know. I feel like this might be a really sexist thing to say, but I feel like it could have been a man who came up with that saying. And maybe if his partner was breastfeeding, he did think the baby slept through the night. 
Yeah, possibly. Sorry mm. to the men who are really hands-on right now who are listening to that. <laughs> no offence, no, no offence me, it meant. <laughs> but it's true though, isn't it? Because they don't just lie there in their Moses no. basket looking beautifully asleep. That's just not what happens often. No, no it's not. And you know what? From day one, I think, that, I think there's so much pressure we can put on ourselves literally from day one to have them sleeping in their next to me crib or whatever it is you know sleeping having naps lying down in the buggy or taking really scheduled naps throughout the day and you might have a routine baby who loves routine you know Amandine my first she absolutely adored routine and once we found what worked for her she loved it and she Mm. is a good sleeper and has been a great sleeper but I think there's just this unnecessary pressure kind of put on us of baby needs to sleep, baby needs to sleep. When actually I think the best thing I ever read was from this brilliant woman over in America who I follow called Taking Cara Babies. Have you heard of her? No, but oh yeah, oh, she's that's her Instagram handle, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, her yeah. Instagram handle. Yeah, I don't think I know. Well, I guess Cara is her name. <laughs> but she said, give babies the opportunity to sleep and the space to sleep throughout the day you're offering them opportunities if they want to take it fantastic if they don't want to take it move on Mm. and that really really helped for me especially with my second with Elwood who is the most appalling sleeper I'm not going to say on this planet I'm sure there's worse but he is an appalling sleeper he's he's up there with with the uh the babies that don't sleep massively (laughs) overnight isn't he he really is (laughs) And that just having that mantra almost in my head the whole time when I felt myself getting really worked up thinking, Mm. why are you not going down for this nap? This is a scheduled nap. What is happening? I just thought, no, I've offered it. I have offered it. He hasn't taken it. Let's move on. Mm. Um, And that's power. I think that's quite powerful, isn't it? Because Mm. I definitely fell into that trap, Emma, of um, trying to stick to a routine. Mm. But Finley didn't want to have a routine. He was very much like go with the flow. And now that he's eventually, he's just got himself into a routine and then I've supported it. And um, because I realized I was spending way too much time stressing about a routine rather than enjoying my baby. Yeah. And now that he does have a kind of routine that he sticks to, and it's not like he's has a nap at nine o'clock. It's like, he's been awake about three hours. Let's yeah. see if you want to go to sleep type routine. But actually now it makes life a bit more difficult because you can't just go out and like, you know, you, you kind of have to have a, a plan to where you're going to be when you're going to have a nap. Are you going to be back in the pram? Are you going to do a car journey? Are you going to be at home in the cot? So actually, I think it was easier when we just went with the flow and he sat in the carrier and did whatever he wanted, like whenever he wanted. So to anyone who is in those early days and weeks thinking that a routine is going to be like the best thing, actually enjoy the like spontaneity of a newborn and just being able to take them anywhere and go out for dinner still and things like that. Because it doesn't last, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. I could not agree more. If people could see me right now, my head is like nodding like one of those Churchill dogs because <laughs> that is exactly what happened with Amandine and I. Mm. Amandine, well, and my husband, but Amandine loved a routine, but that was really detrimental to enjoying life with a mm. newborn and actually my mental health because on one hand, it was great because I knew when Amandine was going to go down but she only napped in her cot. She would never nap in the buggy. So I could never be out for a nap. Mm. And my friends would meet, my NCT friends or my yoga friends would meet up and I'd have to be like, I can't do it. It's at nap time. And, you know, Amandine doesn't nap in the buggy. She doesn't nap in the car. You know, I I can't come. And actually that was really difficult. I found that really difficult. Um, wonderful on one hand and actually from the podcast side of things it meant that I could really get ahead on the podcast and do some work alongside having a newborn um, and then a baby and actually even a toddler she's four well she's almost four and she still sleeps and she still has a nap um that's she that's really interesting she's like she's a baby that needs sleep yeah she asks for it every single day now we say to her would you like to have a nap? You don't have to, you can sit on the sofa and have some quiet time or, you know, we can go out, do whatever you want to do. No, no, I want to go for my nap now, please. And she'll take herself upstairs. She'll get into her pajamas and she'll get into bed. And love her. (laughs) Yeah. You don't love her when she, when you have to go in after an hour to wake her up because any longer than an hour bedtime is a nightmare. She already goes to bed like half past eight. It's quite late. 
Um, but to be honest, we're not evening people. We are in bed when Amandine's in bed. So yeah, yeah. if she has a slightly later bedtime and a nap at lunchtime, that's fine. And also my husband's French. So he it's literally built into his body that he has to have an hour's nap at lunchtime. <laughs> and I remember him saying to me, when Amandine stops napping, what am I going to do? Because I need that hour's nap. <laughs> Oh, I love it. That's so. I, I need to order a baby like her next time. That's what I'm gonna put in. I'm ordering. Yeah, but I paid for it this time. A true. Order, I paid for it this time. With and her. isn't that interesting? Like same parents, yeah. same home environment, two yeah. completely different sleepers. Interestingly, yeah. Emma, I was speaking to a friend the other day whose little one was poorly at the same time as my little Finley was poorly. Now she's a little girl. And I hope this doesn't sound sexist. It's not meant to. But anyway, when Finley's poorly, he's like on mummy, like will not be put down, like clingy, clingy, hold me, hold me, feed me, feed me. And then her little girl is the completely opposite. She's like, don't touch me. I'm. She slept like through the night for the first time ever and then had like a four hour morning nap and a massive lie in. And I was like, isn't that really reflective of how women deal with stuff in life, like a cold? and how men deal with it in life. <laughs> it's built into us from birth. <laughs> Isn't it? I was like, Finley's going to be that man cold, you know, useless. Whereas her little girl is going to be back at work and having no issues with her cold. Typical. You know, I'd never thought about it like that, but that's probably so true. That's really <laughs> funny. Amandine actually, luckily, has, she touch wood. She's very rarely poorly. Um, I think we're going to pay for that though. When she starts preschool in September, I think we're probably going She'll to get, get all everything the going and then mm. I'll get everything going and it'll just be one of those horrible periods of time between September and Christmas, I guess. Um, but yeah, Elwood, my gosh, routine wise, sorry, going back to your original um, kind of topic question. Mm. Um, he has not wanted to have a routine and actually it's been impossible to have a routine with him because you know, Amaldine, she is almost four. We had things that we needed to be at. She likes to do ballet on a Tuesday morning, which she loves. Um, she wants to have play dates with her friends. We want to go out and about. So I couldn't have the same baby, essentially having a uh, a nap in his cot in the morning and at lunchtime and in the afternoon. We'd never go out. And then mm. poor Amaldine would be stuck at home not being able to do anything so and you'd be going stir crazy as well I'd be going stir crazy absolutely although Elwood being such a poor napper has given me so much mum guilt because I haven't been able to spend that quality time with Amaldine or it's been really very difficult to spend Mm. quality time with Amaldine and that was such a huge concern of mine when I was pregnant with my second and everyone always said well you know when baby sleeps, you can have that really solid quality time with Amandine, but it just didn't happen. It really didn't happen. Um, and I have found that very, very difficult. And it's only now, now Elwood's one, he's not really taking so much milk or we know exactly kind of the times when he's going to really want it. And he might be able to just have a sippy cup of water for a bit and some snacks to kind of tide him over that I'm able to go out and do a few things just me and my daughter mm. um so that's been something I've had to get my head around but it's ju- it's crazy how different they can be it really is and and it shocked me it did shock me because I thought you know I've had a good sleeper I know what I'm doing this is we're going to be fine but no I no. just, just I, I was knocked off my feet completely and as, and with the podcast as well because you know the podcast I did at nap time you know, you know, <laughs> as, as a working mom, you know, there's, there's only so many hours in the day and it's nap time hours or it's nighttime hours. And with Elwood not going down well at, at, at nighttime and him not going down well in naps or only getting 20 minute naps, um, it's just been impossible or, or really hard. Mm. It's been really hard. <laughs> a quick pause to remind you of the importance in protecting your mental well-being during pregnancy. Talking, sharing your worries and concerns can really help to lessen them and to help you realize you are not alone. For more expert information, sign up to aptaclub.co.uk. Really hard and I struggled because when you're booking podcast guests, obviously you need to tell them the time. 
I can't just be like, I'll call you at some point on Tuesday (laughs) afternoon when my baby's asleep. And Finley, although now it's slightly different, but until the last month, really, he hasn't had like a specific, I know he'll have a morning and afternoon nap, but I don't know when it'll be. Mm. Um, So more often than not, Finley is on the podcast. So people that have got this far into this season have probably heard a lot of Finley because the only way to do it was with him on my lap. So that's what we did. Um, because otherwise you'd be cancelling life left, right and yeah. centre. So you just have to get on with it, don't you, sometimes? Oh, absolutely. I've had many of those. Pretty much all of the first ones with Amandine, she was either feeding and asleep on my boob. So there was lots of suckling noises, which might not have been everyone's <laughs> cup of tea. Oh, it's cute. It's cute. <laughs> it is cute, but might not have been everyone's cup of tea um and then with Elwood he was much noisier so that had to stop much earlier I remember <laughs> recording a podcast with Vern from Carrie Fit yeah and Elwood just it was just one of those podcasts where I was sweating so much oh. because Elwood was climbing all over me he went from boob to boob and I was sitting on my bed so I wasn't comfortable and he was crying and I was just trying to pacify him and it was just oh, stressful yes. so stressful and like how long that. have we been talking for can we end this yeah have we done enough it's like any more points to share with everybody <laughs> cut 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 yeah exactly oh I love it was it. after that one I was like I can't I can't do that anymore this isn't gonna work I'm gonna try it all day yeah now one of the things that I find beyond infuriating Emma and I'm sure you probably sit in the same camp as me is the really well-meaning but really freaking annoying when you're in the moment sleep advice from everybody expert or not you know great aunt June has got the optimal sleep advice for you um the (laughs) mother-in-law or the mother um anybody actually <laughs> how on earth have you managed that because I've had to bite my lip a few times hmm. I mean I haven't bit my lip so much um <laughs> or I just come out with like yeah that doesn't work for uh, my baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, politely tell them to shut up perfect no, literally but I'm I, I then kind of backtrack and like sorry sorry if that sounded slightly abrupt but I'm a little bit sleep deprived but you know I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you don't want to offend everybody, anybody. And it, it is tricky, especially in the world of Instagram, because when you say, I'll, I'll talk about it in two instances. You've got kind of the world of Instagram where you probably know this, you put out there that your kid's not sleeping well or that they're ill and you get an influx of very well-meaning and kind advice. But I now caveat it and I put like, oh, it isn't sleeping. And then a star at the bottom saying, I don't need any advice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because otherwise you do. And, you know, every child is so, so individual. And also every parent is so individual. And what, you know, I am so pro doing whatever works for you and your baby. That may well be sleep training. That may well be not sleep training and feeding to sleep. You know, I fed Amandine to sleep until I stopped breastfeeding at 14 months. Um, And she slept through the night from about seven months old. So it never kind of stopped her from sleeping. Whereas Elwood, we've had to try a different tack because feeding to sleep is obviously stopping him from being able to self-settle in the night. So it's so different. But I think in terms of, family saying or even you know husband like Hendrik will say why don't you just give Elwood a bottle of formula before you go to bed because he's read somewhere that formula you know if you give a child formula they'll sleep better which isn't necessarily the case it really isn't and they have to be able to take a bottle which my baby is very much not a fan of (laughs) well exactly and exactly and I think you know Every, even the sleep experts who are also all very well-meaning, they all have different tacks of how to do it. They all have different ways of doing it. And, you know, you have to just find some way that works for you and then just politely or not politely, depending on how sleep deprived you are, say, <laughs> thank you so much. But I'm going to ignore that advice. We're just, <laughs> just going to find our own route here. And I think I've, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm all right for advice and getting it sorted. Hendrick's mum told me, 
you know, I know this is this is very much a normal thing when you get to a certain age to give them water in the night rather than milk. I know that's very normal, but she said to do it when he was like five months old. I was like, um, thanks, but no. Not going to do that. No, no. <laughs> not going to do that because he's still nutritionally probably is hungry in the middle of yeah. the night and needs something apart from water. And I don't um, want to completely screw my breast milk supply either. Thanks. No. But also, you know, guidance has changed so much mm. from, say, our mother-in-law's time, who are maybe 70, 80, 60, whatever age they are. Guidance has really changed across that time. Um, I think it was a lot. Although I say to mum, my mum, she said, I could, ne- I could never let you cry yourselves to sleep. I always no. had to come in and rock and, you know. But I have plenty of friends who sleep drain. And there is, you get to a certain point I'm waffling I'm sorry but you get to a certain point where what you're doing might not be sustainable and that's Mm. where I've got to with Elwood you know he was waking up he's uh, 13 months and he was waking up four five times a night that's like newborn stages isn't it Emma yeah and it has been hellish and I got to the point about two three weeks ago I just thought I can't do this anymore. I literally am a shadow of myself mentally and physically. I just Mm. can't do this anymore. Something's got to change. And as you know, it did change. And then we had the jabs. And you had the jabs. One year jabs. And it's just been a horrific week. But we did it once. We can do it again, right? And that's the thing, though, with sleep, isn't it? We expect to be like, right, breakthrough. And then it's just going to be this beautiful, like, uphill, linear graph. But that's not how it is. It's like bumps in the road and illness, teething. It's going to throw things. So feeding to sleep, I think, is really interesting because I also, Emma, have fed Finley to sleep until about about maybe three weeks ago I started thinking okay we need to change things um but yeah feeding sleep gets a lot of bad press doesn't it and I think it's really important that women know it is absolutely fine to feed your baby to sleep there's nothing wrong with it you're not getting into bad sleep habits um if it works for you that's like that's perfect often it is the quickest and the easiest way to get baby back to sleep um, and that's great I had to just think about changing things up, not because it wasn't particularly working for us, but because I'm going back to work soon on nights. And I felt like I couldn't just feed him to sleep. Usually it was twice overnight. So it was, it actually felt really sustainable. It was like two 10 minute feeds. That was fine with me. But I was like, I'm going to feel horrific if I suddenly just whisk off one night and he's going to wake up expecting that and it's not there. He doesn't take a bottle. There is literally no replacement. So I was like, I need to know that this isn't a barrier before I go back to work because I feel like with me here, it's more gentle than if all of a sudden I'm gone. Um, So that's why why for us, it was no longer working. But I honestly think if I wasn't going to back to work on nights, I'd probably still feed him to sleep because it actually worked really fine for us. I had no issues with it. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. No, and you know what? I still, if Elwood wakes in the night, I still feed him back Mm. to sleep because it is just too much for me to try and settle him without it because he goes apocalyptic he gets so angry in the middle of the night Mm. when I don't give him boobs so what we've done is um I I guess I'm trying to do a bit of a slow progression hoping that he just won't wake up in the middle of the night one day which is what he did before the jabs but the so the, the the sleep the bedtime feed essentially I'm doing before we we have bath uh pajamas bedtime feed a little good night with amandine books and then songs and then into the cot and the first time i did it i was really stressed i was thinking this is never gonna work he's gonna go crazy he went straight down and straight to sleep wow it really surprised me the next two nights when he knew what was gonna happen were a little bit different and a little bit more of a struggle and he kind of let out a a few little cries but nothing he wasn't getting himself upset it was just kind of like oh, I don't like this uh, yeah annoying. come back this, this isn't the deal yeah um 
but in the middle of the night when I just want to go to sleep it is the fastest way for me anyway and for you it sounds to mm-hmm. put them on the boob they'll kind of suckle themselves back off to sleep lie them back down in the cot and then you can go get another few hours kip you know and I, I really do it does it gets so much bad press feeding mm-hmm. to sleep it, it does make me cross because you're not if it works for you it works you know it's such a natural I felt like it was my superpower well exactly I was like I can just get him to sleep like this like this is amazing it's what we've designed to do it's a brilliant a brilliant trick to have I think in your kind of motherhood bag of tricks yeah absolutely so yeah if you're feeling sleep and it's working feed to sleep and that is absolutely fine and I think often we hear this kind of like oh you know you're you're they've got you wrapped around their finger or it's a bad sleep habit or you're spoiling them. And all of that is like utter nonsense, isn't it? Like you can't spoil a new baby um, with too much cuddles or feeding or whatever that is for you. And they're actually too young to develop deep grain sleep habits. You actually can't do anything wrong, whatever it is you're doing, whether it's using a dummy, rocking them, singing them, bouncing them, whatever that is for you, if it works, roll with it. And even if you're feeding them back to sleep with a bottle in the night, you know, it's Mm. so normal to do that um the other thing I was going to say quickly which has just completely gone out of my head is it going to work its way back into my brain um this is why you need to take up caffeine Emma yeah I know this is (laughs) it's just it was sitting there and it was sitting there at the front of my mind it'll come back to me oh yeah throw it out when it comes back that's fine that's fine (laughs) my other question for you was given as we've both done a fair a fair few months or in your case years of breastfeeding overnight mm. one of the questions I get so much on my Instagram is mm. how do you manage those night feeds and staying awake because that's always a challenge if you're not co-sleeping um, actually staying awake can be really stressful I have a really uncomfortable chair that I sit in <laughs> you're selling <laughs> it that simple <laughs> for me it was that simple so with Amaldine I had this really it was just actually a very very old Ikea kind of super laid back swivel chair um an old one of Hendrix and for Amaldine I had that and I would fall asleep in it and every time I'd wake up and because it was it was quite high so my head would be nice and supported and I'd wake up feeling oh my gosh where's Amaldine okay she's still on me how many hours have I been here? You know, and I would wake up with that huge amount of anxiety and panic. So this time I have this very old antique, it's like my uncle's super old office (laughs) chair, like leather chair. So you can't sit on it too long because you kind of slip down because it's leather and slip off. It is bolt upright, kind of like a a, a bolt L shape. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't have any pad- much padding at the back. I have to contortion my body round and put one leg over the armrest so Elwood can fit across my body because he's so f- long now. And I feel like the chair's almost indented itself in my back <laughs> and my leg the amount of times that I feed. I actually, like, I'm not even kidding because I looked at my back the other day and I was like, that's weird. There's such a big line there that never used to be there before and I think it's the chair you've like tattooed the chair onto you <laughs> pretty much but that's how I've done it this time I have the amount of times I've thought I am going downstairs and I'm bringing that comfy chair back upstairs but I know it's not the best place for you know me to be so that that's how that's how I'm doing it um you're like torturing yourself <laughs> I know I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get out five times overnight and sit in the worst <laughs> chair I can think of <laughs> And I'm not going to drink caffeine. Uh, I know. I don't know what's wrong with me. What am I doing? Um, (laughs) I mean, I will have times I'm like, this is ridiculous. Whilst Elwood's been poorly, he's come back into bed with me. Um, Hendrik actually sleeps in our garage. It's a converted garage. Whenever I say garage, people are like, wow. We've pitched a tent. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's converted garage, but he actually sleeps in there at the moment. Um, And which works, it actually works really well for us. And it just means that the bed is free if I need Elwood to come in with me or if Amandine's having a nightmare or they're like, oh gosh, and she needs to come in with me. It just, you know, there's no hassle there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, ha- that's how I deal with uh, sleep. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. I have, I've got like a beautiful, comfy nursing chair, 
with like a footstool and it rocks and it's wonderful. Oh, well, well, how do you stay awake then? Yeah, well, I eat. So Uh, What, in the middle of the night? Oh, not anymore. Not anymore. But for the first, I'm going to say five months, Mm. I was eating like bagels, flapjacks. (laughs) You name it. There's pockets down the side of my chair that are just like optimal stack pockets. Oh, very fancy. And like cold water. So when like mm. thinly wake, I would go by the bathroom, fill my, um, like the, you know, like the stainless steel bottles that mm. stay really cold with really cold water, drink that whilst I was feeding and treat myself to some nice snacks. And that was like my motivation to get out of bed. I'm really, I'm really easily bribed with food. So it worked quite well. <laughs> you know, actually I am on my phone a lot as well, which mm. I do regret actually, but it does keep me awake. Um, but that is a time, especially with Elwood's poor sleep. There are a lot of emails sent at an awful hour at like three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Um, and then I'll get someone emailing me back being like, wow, you were up early. So I did go back to sleep, but I just, you know, did a bit of life admin whilst we were, whilst I was feeding. Um, also a bit of late night internet shopping. So much internet shopping. It's bad, isn't like it? Like 3am. Or Googling, oh, especially Google. with, yeah, doctor, don't, I don't recommend How to make to my baby sleep. Yeah, yeah that, that, <laughs> oh, if you went on my, my kind of search bar, that would pop up very quickly. <laughs> also, like, you know, at what point in a, in a one-year-old's temperature do you take them to A&E? That's been a very recent yeah. Google search. Um, rashes, just, I mean, don't do it just call your GP in the morning or call 111 in the morning because before you know it you've diagnosed them with like horrendous stuff oh yeah we spoke about that on my podcast didn't we we definitely gave both of our children diagnosed we diagnosed them it's ridiculous isn't it but our rational as mums I feel like our rational brain sometimes is a little bit off wall because you're so worried and then in the middle of the night it's just like you know, you talk yourself into a complete like mess, don't you really? So yeah, definitely. But the, the shopping's so funny because I remember literally in the first few weeks, months, um, it feels like ages ago now, even though Finley's only nine and a half months, it wasn't actually that long ago. But when I look back, I'm like, oh, that feels like a lifetime ago, those really early weeks. But I remember literally buying every single sleep gadget, swaddle, you know, white noise machine. Like we probably, we could oh, have I probably, white noise. I know we could have redone our kitchen, I think for the amount of online shopping I did. And you know what? Not one thing made any difference. Oh, and no, really? the white, nothing made any difference. The white noise that we use now is um, like off Spotify on an old iPad because yeah. <laughs> nothing else worked. Um, so yeah, don't be, yeah, don't try, we try not to do the buying every gadget. But I feel like if you're desperate, you are a bit of a marketer's dream, aren't you? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we had the little thing that you put in the cot and it's meant to like make the cot like vibrate. Well, it didn't work. That was like 40 quid. No, rubbish. Oh, well, honestly, I bought every gadget because I was like, this, this will be the thing. I'm going to put this in my five-week-old's cot and they're going to sleep through the night. <laughs> I was ever optimistic. <laughs> You know what, there are a few things just for us that have really worked and it's just a few key things. For buggy naps, the, um, what's it called, snooze shade, mm. absolute must. Yes, love and that. that's what, like 15 quid? Yeah, they're brilliant. And great bad. for like sunny countries or when you just want to have some quiet time. And this is the main thing that really peeves me about buggies is their sun um no, they don't really work <laughs> the only one that I think works is the bugaboo because it comes mm. it's super extendable it comes all the way down and maybe okay. maybe the upper baby vista that one's quite good as well but so pretty much every other buggy you need to have like this snooze shade mm. type thing I think anyway well it's been a game changer for us also Marpac white noise was really has been a game changer oh, it's okay. um it's the it's the uh actual fan white noise so it's not recorded and that was really helpful so our entire house sleeps with white noise white noise actually started with my husband because he's an airline pilot so white noise is very calming for him and he slept with white noise for a very very long time so it's just quite natural for our children to, well I mm. mean actually because we were sleeping in the same room and Amadine was they got smaller, used to it they got used to it um and the children don't really go to sleep without it now but Anyway, um, and what was the other thing? The rocket rocker when you're mm. out and about in the buggy. 
because if your child's anything like Elwood, the minute I stop the buggy, he's awake. In the car, if I stop the car, He's awake. He's awake. Yeah, they know, don't they? They, they know. know. I think Finley knows as I pull onto our driveway. Yes. <laughs> it's like he noticed I've gone into reverse and he's like, mm, here yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But they're, they're, I would say that just those things. And actually in the new days, Elwood was the most amazing sleeper for the first eight weeks of his life because he was oh, interesting. And then he started to roll really early and he rolled in the swaddle. So I had to take him out and then sleep oh. went down out the window so I think I mean Finley sleep's never been good until we like we since we have done we found a sleep training that feels gentle enough for me that I'm comfortable with it and he's responded to it brilliantly nice. so now I feel like we're, we're on like a bit of an a bit of an upward you know mm. uh, but until then he's never been a great sleeper but he's been a really late roller so he didn't he's huge and I think that's probably why like he was he wanted to he had the inclination like he was reaching and like half turning his body but just couldn't shift his weight so it wasn't until he was about mm, almost eight months actually that he actually managed to roll and now he like doesn't stop he thinks it's like a party trick but because of that i never had that like sleep disturbance at night where they're trying to roll and practice because he was a bit like well, i just can't do it so i'm just gonna just lie here so in a way that was probably a blessing whereas now i watch him when he's going to sleep and he's like rolling here rolling there grabbing the bars and I'm like oh gosh it was so much easier I worried about you not rolling and now that you do I'm like oh it was easier when you were still yeah and they get their arms stuck in the bars but you're not meant to use the cot bumpers yeah. and you're like well he's sticking his arm out it's gonna break I know but yeah oh gosh well oh, uh, how it, do we do it, it just I know I don't know doesn't it just show you though how you just cannot compare babies 100%. You know, my baby started to attempt to roll onto his front when he was eight weeks old. It's just, you just can't compare. You know, you, you can't, just can't. You can't. But isn't that such a good point? Because we are horrendous at comparing, especially when it comes to sleep. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. And that was another point that I was going to make about sleep advice is it is the hardest. It's actually really hard from both instances. And I have experienced both instances because I've had a great sleeper and a really bad mm. sleeper. With Amaldine, I would meet up with my friends and I would be listening to everyone's sleep concerns and that their babies weren't sleeping. And I actually felt like I had to keep my mouth shut and I couldn't be part of the conversation because I never wanted to make anybody feel like I was either boasting or saying, oh, you know, my baby's amazing. They're sleeping. I just, you know, I didn't feel like I could be part of it because Amaldine was an amazing sleeper. Mm. And that was actually really difficult because, you know, someone would say, you know, well, how's Amandine sleeping? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, you know, she's OK. We're finding our routine when actually I wanted to say, well, she's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I've had it on the other hand where everyone's talking about how they're in such a routine and their babies go down at this time and this time and this time. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? How are you doing that? What I, I must be doing something wrong. And, you know, you're not necessarily doing anything you're wrong. You're so not. I, I remember the amount of times I've said to my husband, right, I'm obviously, you know, I'm obviously not getting this right. You know, I'm doing something wrong. What, what is it I'm doing? Is it daytime? Is it nighttime? And then you're like, actually, no, this is just your baby's normal. No, all you're doing actually is responding to their needs. Yeah. And that is our number one role as a parent. There's nothing wrong with doing that at all. No. And it changes so quickly. You know, you might get a week of they're having a nap after being awake for two hours in the morning and then awake for another three hours and then they have another nap and then awake for another three hours and then they go to bed or whatever whatever it is because I, I think you go by awake times too right I tend to go by awake yeah times. I, I kind of like easier. three you've been awake three hours let's have a sleep yeah exactly um because I'm also not one for if they're sleeping until 7.30, going in at like seven to wake them up to make sure they have their nap at nine. I do not wake my... Oh, I would love it if Finley ever slept until 7.30. He I wakes know. up before six and I ignore him until oh, six o'clock. Oh. So I'm like, that's nighttime. Yeah, that is nighttime. We get up at daytime, which is after six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, but it is really confusing. It's with Amaldine right now. It's light at what, like 4.30 mm. at the minute? She, she comes in, she's like the sky's awake mummy is it time to get up oh like, no you're not <laughs> you're back back into bed it is really the middle of the night <laughs> yeah oh bless her it's um, so hard it's so hard isn't it especially like having a having a second I think I mean I've obviously only got one but 
it's a whole different thing, isn't it? Like you said, you you can't dedicate your entire life to their sleep because you've got another one you don't want them to disturb. Yeah. And I, again, found that really difficult, actually, in the early days, especially when Hendrik was um, out, out working a lot more because I would have to do a lot more bedtimes by myself. And, you know, it's a very normal occurrence, but I would be sitting, feeding Elwood, trying to feed him to sleep. Amandine would be coming in and out of the room and then Elwood would maybe be feeding in the middle of the night and then Amandine would wake up because she had a bad dream and I would have to think, okay, which, what am I going to do here? Elwood's on the boob. If I move into Amandine's room, he's going to really wake up Then it'll be a real pain in the butt to get him back down again. But I don't want to leave Amandine crying because she's had a bad dream and she might be scared. And it's just trying to think, oh, how am I going to do this? And I've done it multiple ways. I've left Amandine to try and hopefully sort it out or just take a breath and wake up and turn on her light and kept Elwood and I've also gone in with Elwood attached to boob and he's woken up and it's been a nightmare and just kind of all hell's broken loose I don't know what the right way is <laughs> I really don't but it's it's hard it's really hard yeah, yeah so I think that's oh gosh yeah I, I would love to have lots of babies but I don't know if I can <laughs> I, sleep. I know I also admire mums who you know just like yourself you're gonna you're gonna go back to work when you know when they're a year yeah if I was if you know I'm self-employed so I have the luxury of kind of taking my day a little bit more easy if I have you know had an appalling night's sleep but you know if you've got to go to work and you've just had a night like that like if I if I had to go and work for somebody right now I'm pretty sure I would have lost my job because my brain is not functioning it just mm. it I it just it's just not there you know the the it's just not there which which all of you listening can probably tell because <laughs> <laughs> I keep going up topic and waffling left right center. no you're fabulous Emma you're fabulous <laughs> now what are then your day-to-day functioning like tips because obviously you wake up and you're like oh my gosh I've got to get through like 12 hours when is it bedtime but then you get to bedtime and bedtime is basically like daytime <laughs> when you've got Elwood waking up five times yeah. how do you function what are your tips? If I can, and I know, you know, it really used to peeve me when I heard other people say this. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I know. I know you do. <laughs> if you can, just having like 15 minutes before anyone else wakes up. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, what did you think I was going to no, say? No, I thought you were going to say my like my most unfavourite sleep advice which is sleep when the baby sleeps oh god no I don't do that I okay thanks that. we can be friends I'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to that no my first one is that if you possibly can just have that 15 minutes you know 90% of the time in fact probably more of that 95% of the time I can't do that because mm. Elwood wakes up long before I intend to get out of bed <laughs> like 4 30 in the morning five o'clock and I attempt to go in feed him back to sleep but that never works and he's up for the day and you know everything's gone to the proverbial but when he has slept until 6 6 30 and I've kind of been awake monitor watching I've actually thought no <laughs> I'm gonna get up I'm gonna go downstairs I'm gonna have a glass of water brush my teeth get dressed you know mm-hmm. whatever it might be if you meditate or if you journal or if you're tuning into a podcast that you like, just have that amazing time for yourself. Because I feel like if I haven't got that and I am bombarded by child number one, child number two, child number three, also known as my husband, <laughs> I... You're like touched struggle. out. I'm touched out. I'm thought processed out. I have no space in my head for any of my own thoughts or opinions. And I think that's actually been the biggest shock to me is someone will ask me a question and I have no space to form my own opinion Mm. because something, I just feel like I'm being catapulted by so many different people or thoughts or whatever in in my head that there's no space to actually form my own (laughs) opinion. Um, So yes. 15 minutes or five minutes, anything, whatever it might be to just have to yourself. Mm. Um, And then sleep when the baby sleeps. Yeah, no, 
I really, I envy, <laughs> I envy people who can do it. I really do. Even when I've tried this week, okay, I have really tried this week to nap at any point that Elwood or Amaldine has been napping, but it's just not worked. I've laid my head down and then the doctor's called for a very kind checkup on Elwood, but, you know, my head's just gone down on the pillow. They're not to know that though. Or I put my head down on the pillow and Elwood wakes up. Or I put my head down on the pillow and I suddenly remember that I've got this email that I've got to send or you know, it just doesn't work for me. I can't do it. And I've never been able to do it, even from my first, you know, sleep no. when the baby sleeps. I, there's stuff to do. Well, especially <laughs> when you are like us working on what would be like maternity leave typically, because when they sleep is your time to like, head down get loads of work done because when Finley's awake I want to be entirely present with him and not like half sending emails on my phone or trying not to record but it's it's a juggle isn't it it's such a juggle but I really try and use nap time to do that as much as possible whenever I can I mean absolutely I'm guilty of not nailing that but I try to so if I was to sleep I think I just feel guilty but if you are privileged in that you are able to just switch off when your baby sleeps and get a nap I mean brilliant but don't feel this massive pressure to do it if it doesn't work for you. Because when, honestly, when people used to say to me, just sleep when he sleeps, I'd be like, oh, you're going to run my business, are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? And, you know, even if you're not working on your business, I know this sounds really silly, but there's laundry to do. There's, mm. there's clearing up to do. There's, you know. You might not have yeah. eaten yet today. Yeah. Yeah, there's nappies to be put out. There's all sorts of things um, happening. I think I've got a three-year-old trying to break in here. Oh, hi, hi, three-year-old. <laughs> I'm not sure if she's going to make it. Um, <laughs> let's, let's leave her attempting. Um, Love it. <laughs> you are meant to be in bed. But yeah, I would say those. <laughs> the, the, the biggest one that's made a difference to me is um, getting up, if you can, just a few mm. minutes earlier before them. And, and I think there's, you know, there's a, there's a, it's really difficult, isn't it, in the evening weighing up, do you have time for yourself, have a bath, relax, maybe give yourself a mini manicure, I don't know, whatever makes you feel less of a mess, or go to bed. (laughs) Because, you know, so many people are like, just go to bed, Amandine's in bed, Elwood's in bed go to bed. I'm like, yeah, but that means I've had no time. No time for me. No time at all. And, you know, I'll then find myself going to bed at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, because I'll do an hour of work. And then I'll do maybe, you know, I'll take a shower. I'll maybe read my book for a bit. And Hendrik could come in and be like, why are you still reading? Like, because I'm having a lovely moment. I'm just having <laughs> some peaceful time. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody needs And I me. think that's that kind of rest is almost as valuable, I think. Yeah. And probably equally actually as supportive of our mental health as it is to go to sleep in those moments I think oh absolutely the amount of times I've woken up from being asleep for probably about three hours thinking are you joking have I actually just been asleep because I don't feel rested Mm. I do not feel rested you know I wake up thinking "Have have I actually just been asleep or was I dreaming that I was asleep because there was just so much going on in my brain or just wasn't able to relax clearly yeah. So I, I completely agree with that. I think sometimes just doing something that isn't sleep, that is restful, is almost just as good. Mm. So Emma, I usually ask for three top tips at the end of a podcast. I feel like you've just given us <laughs> some really great top tips, but is there anything else you want to add? <laughs> there are a couple that I did actually write down. Because you're yeah, so fire away. And, and told me you were going to ask this. I'm so bad. <laughs> I never say to people previously like, what are your top tips? I just throw the question. Oh, that's fine. We like, we like <laughs> a bit so of spontaneity. <laughs> So number one would be just, and I know I've said this on the podcast, but just to reiterate, let go of what others are doing around you. Mm -hmm. Just let it go. Because the the amount of times I have got myself almost to the point of anger um, because Elwood's not sleeping. I get so worked up, so worked up thinking, you're meant to be sleeping. This is meant to be happening. Why is this not happening? Everyone else is sleeping right now, you know. Once I've let that go and I've just thought and channeled the, I've offered the opportunity, I have offered it. When I can get myself into that that zone, it's a happier place for both me and Elwood to be in and just to try and let go of the frustration. This is similar, 
but do what's right for you, whether it's co-sleeping, mm. feeding to sleep, sleep training, do what is sustainable. And that's going to change. I think a lot of the time, you know, you come into new motherhood thinking, well, I'm never going to sleep train my baby. There's no way I'm going to let my let my baby cry. Actually, your opinion or your view might change depending on what baby you have. And that's okay. And I and I think there's a lot of guilt attached to thinking, oh, I'm never going to let them cry. And then thinking the only way I can get through this is to let them cry a little bit and figure it out for themselves. And you know what? With Elwood, I always thought I'm, I'm not going to let you cry because you go so crazy. But sometimes me going into the room makes, makes it, it worse. so much worse. Mm. And I kick myself when I go in and I think, why did I just do that? Because he probably would have figured it out for himself had I given him a couple more minutes. But it was it was a weakness of mine, mm. not a weakness of his, that made me go in the room. Um, what's the other one that I said? Seek and ask for help if you need it, because doing this by yourself is tough, really, really tough. Um, and squeeze in the hours for you, like I said mm. previously, just if you can. That's that's more than three, sorry, but there you go. Squeeze in those hours. You break the rule. You can. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, Emma, they are fantastic tips. Thank you so much. I really hope that the yeah. sleep fairies are out for you tonight. So um, and that your three-year-old doesn't break through the door. But you, you know, no, she's got it. Actually, Hendrik stepped in. I can hear him outside saying, stop knocking on the door. I love um, it. You know what? The last time I spoke to you, though, I would slept through that night. So I do truly believe that you are my sleep fairy. Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm uh, thinking I'm, of you. <laughs> shining all I'm, the dust I'm down holding out i'm holding out tonight <laughs> this is this is on you no i'm joking it's not <laughs> no pressure at all felt by me right now Matt. thank you so much you're an absolute star oh my pleasure thank you so much for having me thank you for tuning in today i hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as i did i'd be hugely grateful if you could take a moment to leave a quick review it honestly means the world to me to hear from you as a listener And of course, to ensure you don't miss upcoming episodes, hit subscribe too. Remember, I'm here to support you through pregnancy, birth and beyond through my range of pregnancy, birth prep and postpartum courses at midwifepip.com. I hope to get to know you better and to help you on your empowering journey soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.